Well, we didn't know what this week was going to look like as we started the week, but we are certainly going out with a bang here at the end as the S&P 500 is climbing nicely higher. It is up about 1.5% as we record the podcast and is trading just below 2780. Now, that's a key resistance level that we have been watching ever since the S&P 500 hit this level on February 26th and again on February 27th before pulling back down during its last pullback so to see the market back up at these levels is quite a positive sign especially because of everything that we have been working through this week we have been trying to deal with trade wars we've been trying to deal with the uncertainty of not knowing what was going to happen with the economic numbers that were coming out this week and it seems like we have made it through pretty well so on the trade war side of things it looks like the trump administration is going to move forward with tariffs on both steel and aluminum with general tariff rates of 25% and 10% respectively. However, they have made some progress in providing some carve-outs and the potential for flexibility with different trading partners. So it looks like Canada and Mexico may be exempted from this and there's the potential for some flexibility on how these tariffs are going to be implemented with other trading partners. So we don't yet have all the answers, but at least at this point, we know it's not just going to be a blanket tariff on everybody, which is what I think most people were the most concerned about. Certainly, advocates of free trade are not happy about any of the tariffs, but seeing that there is the potential for some flexibility has reduced some concerns out there. Now, we are seeing demonstrations in Brazil, for example, right now, because Brazil exports a lot of steel to the United States, and we'll see how that relationship works out. Uh, one of the interesting wrinkles with that is that Brazil imports a lot of U.S. coal in order to make the steel that they then export back to the United States. And so all of the knock-on effects that traders have been wondering about are still very much a real possibility, but the fact that there is the potential for some flexibility in these negotiations I think has helped uh, ease some concerns out there, although we certainly still have the possibility for uh, inflationary pressure coming from these trade wars moving forward. Now, this morning, we got a great number from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. We got the non-farm payrolls numbers that came out, and uh, it was a really big number. It was 313,000 new jobs that were created during the previous month. And uh, that was well above expectations, and it is well above the overall number that we have seen created in the economy since early 2016. We haven't seen a number crack that 300,000 level for quite some time here in the United States. And so on the one hand, we saw some very positive news in terms of the number of jobs that were created. Uh, and then at the same time, we also got a lower than anticipated average hourly earnings growth. And you'll remember from last month when we saw the TNX jumping up and the S&P 500 dropping down on February 2nd, that it was the average hourly earnings number that spooked everybody. It came in much higher than expected, and uh, traders started wondering if that was going to trigger a lot of inflation. Well, the 
number that we got for this month came in at 2.6%, which was below expectations. Expectations were right around 2.8%. And the number that we got last month, which came in at 2.9%, was actually revised down just a little bit, ever so slightly to 2.8%. And so with these numbers, we have this great mix of strong jobs growth, which is a sign that the economy is doing well, but we didn't see as much inflationary pressure coming from the average hourly earnings, and so it gives the Fed a little more leeway to maybe not have to be quite as aggressive with raising interest rates to try and combat inflation that could have been growing at a much faster pace, especially when we see just how strong the U.S. economy is and the number of jobs that are being created. So it was this interesting threading of the needle with these numbers today that really gave traders an opportunity to buy back into U.S. equities without necessarily seeing a huge increase in the yield on the 10-year Treasury. As we record today, the yield on the 10-year Treasury is right below 2.9%. We haven't seen a big spike up higher uh, on that today. It bounced a little bit earlier in the day, but has come back down. And so we're not knocking on the door of 3% by any means at this point with the yield on the 10-year treasury, which is a good thing for us as we are moving forward. So as we watch to see how the market is going to continue to respond. I mentioned the S&P 500 is having a great day. The Dow is having a great day. It's up a little bit more than the S&P 500. And both the NASDAQ and the Russell 2000 are up quite a bit. And as all this is happening, the VIX intraday dropped down to its lowest level that we have seen since the beginning of February, which is another positive sign that we are starting to move back into a state of normalcy where traders are feeling a little bit more comfortable. They know, or, or at least they hope they know what to expect moving forward, and they are willing to take on a little bit more risk. They're gaining in confidence, and uh, we're seeing some fairly positive numbers as we close out this week. Yeah, that is definitely true. I uh, think investors are showing no lack of uh, confidence right now. You know, there's a couple of notable stocks that aren't uh, doing all that great. Goldman Sachs, because the CEO will be uh, uh, leaving the company, so that I think that may have put some traders a little bit on edge. Uh, not that J.P. Morgan hasn't been able to make up for a lot of that uh, lack of performance. And as you point out, uh, we're seeing some improvement in yields and such. I'm looking at the yield curve right now, and although the 10-year is up a little bit as we record, the 30-year yield is up less. So the yield curve continues to flatten, which is uh, a little bit frustrating because traditionally we look at that as, a, as an indicator of growth expectations. But then again, Charles Evans, one of the Fed governors, was out today with some uh, fairly dovish comments saying that uh, essentially there's merit to the argument that waiting just a little bit longer to make sure inflation data is going to move before raising rates. Now, I've paraphrased that a little bit, but that's almost word for word what he said on Bloomberg television today. So I, I think investors are keying in on that as well as a, as a risk on signal that uh, if the Fed is willing to not tighten too much uh, or maybe less than what we had expected during the year. Maybe they won't do three hikes or... Uh, or balance sheet uh, lightning will be a little bit less than what had otherwise been expected. Any of those things could be a factor there, keeping the cost of capital really low. Now, on top of that, Asia is doing extremely well today. It uh, The headlines that I have been seeing on this uh, issue are a little bit hyperbolic, but it, it is nonetheless true that, uh, that Asian markets are doing very strong. 
It does seem to be correlated not to the labor report in the U.S., although that's probably helping a bit, but also the announcement that uh, Donald Trump, President Trump, has accepted an invitation to meet with North Korean leaders in May. So uh, clearly, I mean, this is something that's happened before, It's, but it is uh, very rare that we would see something like this. And investors seem to be interpreting it as a very strong signal in favor of uh, lightening tensions. So tensions beginning to decline a little bit and some of the risk discount that had been in Asian markets, particularly Japanese markets, uh, which is impossible to measure, but we, we kind of have to make an assumption that it exists. Uh, that the that the risk discount is uh, coming out of the market. So the the Japan 225, the topics index, uh, they are up. The Japanese yen, which is, is still trading before the weekend break, is down. Which may sound a little weird, but uh, actually, a falling yen is a uh, usually interpreted as a risk on signal that investors are uh, confident, so they're willing to borrow the yen, which is very similar to shorting it, basically. So if they're willing to borrow the yen, then they're probably using those funds to invest in higher-yielding assets. And uh, that does tend to be very highly correlated with a positive U.S. market. In fact, it's been a little strange that uh, while the market has been recovering a bit off of its lows from February, that we haven't seen the yen already start to weaken. This is actually... Uh, we've had a couple of days where it's been fairly positive, but at this point, I, I think we can say that there's a, a new low has been put in and it's starting to uh, look a little bit better in terms of a weakening uh, yen. So uh, it's been a while since we've seen that. So we've basically had a bit of a divergence between the market stock indexes and the uh, dollar to the yen where they've been going opposite directions than what we would otherwise expect. So this is actually good. Uh, I would say on the net, there's a lot more positive about today's rally than any uh, big takeaways or any big uh, discounting factors, certainly. So I, I think, as you pointed out, investors are seeing this as a uh, positive economic data that did not bring along any of the potential negatives like higher inflation expectations. And we do have to wonder why that is. I don't think anybody has a really good explanation, including the Fed President Charles Evans, as to why aren't we seeing more wage inflation? Why, why aren't wages rising more yet with unemployment as low as it is? Uh, I, I don't think anybody has really good answers to that. There are some theories, but it, it's a question mark at this point. However, in the meantime, it looks like investors are using this, at least in the short term, as a signal for higher prices. Now, we'll keep you up to date on this here in the podcast. As usual, if you, have, if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future topics, please let us know by sending an email to podcasts at learningmarkets.com. And for those of you who've been joining us through iTunes, we really appreciate those positive reviews. Keep them coming.